right, good evening. It's good to be here this evening. And Brother Daniel kind of talked up my illustrations, and I did bring a little illustration, but I don't have anything super big this evening, so. <laughs> All right, well, usually before I preach, I like to tell a funny story or a joke, so I'm going to start with that. So, um, I heard about this guy that went to his boss, and he needed, well, he wanted a raise, and so he just went to his boss and said, hey, boss, I, I'm not going to beat around the bush, but, I mean, I've been working with you for 10 years, I've been a loyal employee, and I'd really like to get a raise. And the boss said, well, you know, now's just not the right time for that. I, I appreciate your loyalty, but now's not a good time. So the employee said, well, I thought in all fairness to you, I ought to just let you know that there's four companies that are after me right now. And his boss said, well, you know, maybe I need to rethink this. He said, you know, what if I give you a, maybe a 6% raise, and I'll give you five extra days of vacation, paid vacation per year. And uh, the employee said, well, it's a deal. I, I'll go for that. And the boss said, well, just out of curiosity, I was just kind of wondering, what, what are the companies that were after you? And he said, well, it was the, the electric company, the gas company, the water company, and the sewer company. So, <laughs> and another one. There was, there, <laughs> there, was a, uh, there was a guy who was going on a trip, and he was going to go fly on this trip, and he was on the, on the jetliner there, and the, the plane taxied out to the runway, and it turned around and went back and just sat there on the ramp for a while. And it was about an hour that it was just sitting there, not doing anything, and, and so finally it... it uh, started moving, went back to the runway and took off. And as the stewardess was coming and she was handing off the snacks and everything to all the passengers, and this man, he, he asked her, he, was, he said, I was just wondering what took so long with the, why were we sitting on the ramp waiting for so long? She said, oh, well, the pilot heard a noise in the engine that he was kind of worried about, and so he didn't want to take off right then. And it took us about an hour to find a different pilot. So. <laughs> All right, now to the serious part. If you would, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. And I was thinking about it um, when I found out I was going to be bringing the message this evening, and I was just wondering what, what I should bring. And to be honest, I, I was kind of struggling with it, trying to figure out, and I want to be a blessing and an encouragement for us this new year. And so I was thinking about that. And this chapter of Scripture is, I have to say, probably one of my favorites. And I've I know I've preached out of it before, um, but what I'm going to talk about tonight is different than what I've talked about before. And that's the nice thing about God's Word, is you can always get new, uh, a new word from it. It, it. it never changes, but there's always you can always go deeper or, or read it again, and you think, man, that hit me in a way that I've never thought about it before. And so that's the blessing of God's Word. So I want to look at it this evening, and Isaiah chapter 40, and we're actually going to read a lot of verses and I, I am going to be pretty quick this evening, but we're going to read from verse 12 to the end of the chapter. And if we would, um, I'm going to start with verse 12, and if you would, read verse 13, and we'll go back and forth like that. 
We'll just read kind of responsively. I'll read one verse, you read the next, and we'll go back and forth till we get to the end of the chapter. So let's start at verse 12. It says, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out the heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in the scales, and the hills in a balance? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment? and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also bow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created those things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. And let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this chapter of Scripture that has been such a blessing to me. And I pray that it might be a blessing to each one here this evening and that, that each one would be encouraged. And Lord, we just pray that you would speak to us and um, just help me to get out of the way and let you speak. Lord, I thank you for this day. Please bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we look at this, um, there's just a... I, I kind of broke it down into a couple sections as far as what it's talking about. And that first section is just talking about the greatness of God. And I think that's something for us to remember this coming year, is what a great God that we serve and how powerful He is, how big He is, how awesome. And He gives the illustration. He kind of gives some object lessons right here um, in this. And I just brought here, I did bring 
a small object lesson. All right. But he just gives the illustration of, of how small this earth actually is in comparison to the Lord. And he, he talks about how it's just the nations are just a drop in the bucket. I've got a little glass of water. And if, if you think of what a drop is, just a small drop in a bucket, I mean, it's, there's, I mean, I don't know how many drops would fit in this bucket, but it's a bunch. And this is a small bucket, too. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he's talking about an even bigger bucket. But the nations are, in comparison to the size and power of our God, the nations are but a drop in the bucket. And he talks about how the hills are, are just like dust. Just, just a small amount of dust to them. And this little bit of sand, I guess we could compare that. It says he's weighed those hills in a balance, in a, in a scale, and just... Just imagine that, that our God knows exactly how much Mount Everest weighs. And Mount Everest to him is just like a little grain of sand like that. I mean, I'm sure all of us have seen vast and mighty things. It talks about the, the waters of the earth, that he's held those, it's like he's held those waters in the palm of his hand. Now, whenever, I've been to the ocean a couple times, and you... I guess being here in New Mexico, from here in New Mexico, when you see the ocean, you think, man alive, that is huge. And I mean, you, you see the ocean there and it's vast. You don't see the end of it. It just goes on and on and on. And yet to think that our God, to him, that those oceans are just like, just a little bit of water in the palm of his hand. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And that's the illustration he gives as to the God that we serve. He's an awesome, and a powerful God. And then he also talks there a little later on um, just about man's misunderstanding of God. And I think as human beings, we want to, to like see or have a physical object that we can touch. I don't know what it is about just tangible items, but I know as, as human beings, a lot of times we're materialistic. We want to have that object in our hand. And so he talks about people that fashion a graven image. And he actually talks about those that, that go and carve a block of wood and make a shape out of it. And if they're wealthy enough, they cover it in gold. And then, of course, they have to make a silver chain to fasten it down so nobody steals their God. But that, that's not, he, he kind of says, that's not who I am. I'm not somebody that you can imagine. And, and one problem that we have as human beings, I think, is that we do sometimes turn God into somebody that we can understand. And quite honestly, we can't understand God completely. Now, we can get in His Word and we can read it, and that helps us to understand. But really, if, if God was somebody that we could understand, He wouldn't be much of a God. What makes Him so awesome and powerful is that we can't completely understand Him. I mean, honestly, I don't completely understand how the Trinity works. That, there, that you could have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and those three are one. It kind of doesn't make sense exactly, does it? In our, in our human understanding, and I know we come up with different illustrations to try to, to, try to help our understanding. I mean, I know I've heard different ones, like, like uh, you have the egg where you have the, the shell, and you have the yolk, and you have the egg white, and those are... Those all three, are, they make up the egg, and they're all, each one of them are the egg, but all three of them are what makes it up. And, 
And that, that still doesn't do God justice, though. I mean, there are a lot of things that are in, in uh, that he makes in, in combination. I know I've heard another one, like with, uh, with water, and, and you have water, and it exists in three forms, and actually in a vacuum, it can exist in all three forms at, at the same time. It can exist in a solid, and a liquid, and in a vapor all at the same time. But still, our finite imagination is still kind of limited. And he's trying to get that across, I believe, because God is not somebody that we can put in our box and say, this is what I want God to be, so therefore that's what He is. He's not like our Santa Claus or anything like that. He's not just there to do us favors, though He is good to us many times. But He's an awesome God beyond what we can completely grasp. But then He goes on, and He talks about those that rise up against God. And I know that... um, Probably for a lot of people, this last year has been hard on them in various ways. Maybe they've um, experienced sickness or death in their families. I know there's been a lot of people that have experienced that. Maybe I know there's been some that have lost jobs and, and various things. And then even as we look at our governmental system, and I know many of us are wondering what's going on with that. And we feel like it's just a train wreck that's, that's about to go off the edge of a cliff. And we look at that and we... We say, what are all these people thinking? And quite honestly, I mean, many people have raised themselves up against our God. And it, it says here, look at verse number uh, 23. Actually, verse number 22. It says, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. If you would, turn to Psalm chapter 2. And it talks here about those that raise up against our God. Those that raise up against Jesus Christ. It says here, Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And, you know, honestly, I know it's easy for us to look at at different people that are in authority right now and, and even look at people that are famous and that seem to be prospering and successful and it's easy for us to look at them and say, if God is real, why are they successful? If God's really on the throne, why is He letting them continue on in their wickedness without punishment? And it's, it's an easy thing for us to wonder. And I'm sure, I mean, I've wondered that before as well. And I'm sure if each of us were honest, we'd say, yeah, I've wondered that. Why Why does it seem like the wicked are the ones that are so successful in life and don't seem to have problems? But he says here, look at verse 4. It says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon the holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And this is, this is actually amazing because this, this book here, in, or the book of Psalms, was, we know it was written by David. 
And this was before Christ. But he actually mentions Jesus Christ in this. It's amazing. It says here, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, that's Jesus Christ, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. And he gives us that encouragement here. And back in Isaiah chapter 40, he gives us that encouragement that even though these people that we see as being great and mighty and powerful in our world today, that's what we think of them, but it says, really, God's sitting up there and he's just chuckling. He's just saying, they don't know what they have coming to them. And there's another place in the Psalms that it talks about how, how David, he was wondering about why the, why the wicked were so successful. But then he thought about it and he considered their end. And he realized that basically they were getting good things in this life, but we have eternity. This life is just a very small fraction of what eternity is. And even though they, they may have all all kinds of stuff, everything you can imagine. They may look prosperous and successful and sometimes even happy. And yet, that's just for a short time. And if they continue to reject Jesus Christ, their eternity is going to be dreadful. It's not going to be near what their life on this earth is. So really, by the end of that psalm, David's kind of almost starting to feel sorry for him because he, he realizes their end. He realizes, man... They're, I feel sorry for these guys because they're about, to, they're about to realize what they really missed out on. But back here in Isaiah chapter 40, and just what I want to wrap up with, that's all the, all the part talking about God's greatness and His power and the judgment of those that reject Him. And then He's talking about now the blessings of those that fear Him and for His children. And this is what I want to encourage us with right now. In verse 28, he says, Hast thou not known and hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. So this is saying God is all wise. He's all powerful. He's beyond our comprehension. There's no searching of his understanding. I mean, all the PhDs in the world can't come even close to knowing all that there is to know. And they can't come even close to knowing all that God knows because God's the one that put everything out there that there is to know. There's no searching of his understanding. It says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. And just to make it clear, he's talking right here about his children and those that are serving him. And he says, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this is his children. And kind of the point that I want to get across to us is, is this. And I, I heard this story about um, Winston Churchill. He uh, was, of course, the prime minister of Great Britain during World War II. And he's kind of the one that he had a lot of spunk and he's the one that that really uh, encouraged the, um, the British there to keep fighting 
against the Nazis and, and uh, to hold up against, the, I mean, they were getting bombarded there um, the, with the air raids in London and all that kind of stuff. And he's the one that led them through that. But he was asked to give a graduation speech for, uh, for Oxford. And so he showed up there and he was known to always wear his top hat and have his cane and have his cigar. That's three things he took with him everywhere. And anyways, he walked up to the stage and he stood up there, he took his hat off and he just stood there for a few minutes and he, he just said, never, never, never give up. And with that, he put his hat back on and he walked off. And you're probably wishing my message was that short right now. But, <laughs> but that's the point I want to get across, is never, never, never give up. Um, and that's probably something that's stuck in all of those, those graduates' head. If he would have given a long, flowery speech, um, they probably wouldn't have remembered it. But that stuck in their head because, I guess because it was so brief. So, um, anyways, that's the point that He's making here, though, never, never, never give up. Because it says, whenever we're faithful, he'll increase our strength. And in verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And uh, waiting on the Lord, I know I've mentioned this before, but when we wait on the Lord, it's kind of like a waiter that you go to a restaurant, and that waiter is there to serve you, aren't they? They're there to, to meet your needs. When you run out of, of water or soda or whatever in your cup, they're, they're keeping an eye out. A good waiter is anyways. They're keeping an eye out to see what you need. And, and I know I've been at restaurants before where it's like as soon as you get a little bit low on your, on your uh, water in your glass, they show up and, oh, can I fill your drink up, sir? And they... They load you back up with water. And, and then, oh, do you need some more chips? And they go and bring you some more chips. And they're there to serve you, to, to meet your needs. And of course, they get paid for it. But waiting on the Lord is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be about making Him happy, not us. About bringing glory to Him. In uh, Revelations chapter 4, verse 11, it says, For His pleasure we are and were created. So it's not for our pleasure. And sure, I mean, He wants us to enjoy this life. I think there's nothing wrong with enjoying life and enjoying the blessings He's given us. Um, like it says here, uh, or like I mentioned, like a, a waiter. Of course, they're going to get paid for, for waiting on you. If they're doing a good job, you're going to give them a good tip, aren't you? And God is... He's a, an awesome Heavenly Father as well. And He blesses us whenever we're waiting on Him. And it says here, He blesses us by renewing our strength. And it says there, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. And I, for some reason, I know God put it in me, but ever since I was a little kid, I thought flight was just such a fascinating thing. And I don't know what it is about flight, but it's just, I don't know, I guess it, if, it, if it's something that just kind of tickles your fancy, it's something hard to get out of your blood. So anyways, um, I guess this last year, my brother and I, Benjamin, we kind of got into flying paramotors. And some people think that's crazy. And it might, it might be. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's a lot of fun. And 
in some ways, it's, I have to say, I think it's sort of made me closer to God, or, or uh, not just because I'm getting up higher, closer to Him, but, <laughs> but I think it's made me realize what an awesome God He is, because you get to see creation from a whole different point of view. I mean, you get to see things, and even flying those things, because what it is, basically, if you, if you don't know what a paramotor is, it's a motor that you strap on your back. It's kind of like a backpack, and then you have this wing that's looks kind of like a parachute and it's like basically a an oversized bed sheet with some strings hanging from it right so and then you you hook those strings up to the motor that you're hooked on or that's on your back and and then you lay it out on the ground behind you and you you uh, hold the lines I'm just giving you the basics of it so don't go try this at home but you just lay out the the thing and to the lines and, and then you, you take off running and you gun your motor at the same time and that wing pops up over your head and before you know it, you're off the ground and you just pick your legs up and the seat pops out underneath you so you're, you're not just dangling there. But it's nice and comfortable but you, even, even from other types of flight, even like flying in an airplane, you actually get to see things from a different point of view too, because you can fly, like you can drag your feet on the ground with the thing, or you can go up thousands of feet high to the top of peaks. And you're going kind of, you're not going real fast, but you're just out in the open like a bird. And that's what I think about when I read this, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. And to me, whenever I get up there, it's, I have to say, I mean, even every time I go up, it's kind of a little bit like you get a little nervous and then when you get up there it's like all the cares of earth kind of just disappear and, and melt away and you get up there and you just enjoy the beauty of God's creation and you see that from I always think of it as getting to see life from God's perspective and rising above all the cares and worries down here on the on the ground and you just get up there and just breathe in the fresh air and get to enjoy what God's created. And have I whetted anybody's appetite to try it with this yet? <laughs> but I, I guess I think of it with, with this, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. I think of that as being able to soar above all the cares and the worries that we face in life. Being able to rise above it and not be dragged down by it and even getting to see things from God's perspective, getting to understand a little more of what his purpose and intent is with the difficulties that he allows in our life. And that's what he says here. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So the, what I want to do this evening, and I'm going to wrap it up right now. Like I said, I don't want to be long. I'm not going to be quite as short as Winston Churchill was, but I want to give the same point. Never, never, never give up. Keep serving the Lord. Keep doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. And I think for the most part, we all kind of know the basics of what we ought to be doing, don't we? I mean, maybe not all the intricate details of it, but we all know that we should be walking with the Lord and getting in His Word. And I know that we've had this challenge to try to read through the Bible, um, this next year, and that's an awesome thing to do. And it, I know it would be a blessing to, to everyone that would take that challenge. And I know it's hard for, for us to 
actually like open it up and, and actually think about what it's trying to say. And I know everybody's busy too. And that, that goes without saying. I, I know like a lot of times you, you get up and it doesn't matter what time you get up in the morning, you're already behind. But just to spend time with God, we know that we should do that. I mean, even if nothing else, uh, download a Bible app on your phone and just listen to it through the day. I mean, you can, I've got, I've got a Bible app on my phone, and I know there's a bunch of different ones out there. I've got one called Takarta Bible app. So if, if anybody wants to look it up and download it on your phone, you can download it and, and you can read it there, but you can also play it. And it'll read, it'll read to you God's Word. And sometimes I'll just be working through the day and I'll just be listening to it. And it's actually an encouragement to listen to God's Word. But we all know that we should be doing that. We should all be getting in God's Word. We should all spend time with the Lord, have a quiet time and pray. We should share our faith when we have the opportunity. And we should be in God's house. There's some basic things that we know that we should do. And then, of course, God's got a specific plan and purpose for every individual that He has maybe something for you to accomplish that nobody else can. But the key is that we do what we know God wants us to do and never, never, never give up. Even though we may see others prospering that don't love God, never give up. Even though things may not always seem to be going the way that we think they should, never give up. Even though life might get rough at times, even though we may lose close loved ones, even though we may uh, experience financial difficulties or health difficulties or whatever it may be, never give up. Uh, there's that verse in the Bible that I know um, was mentioned a couple times if you were here on the, the uh, New Year's watch night service, but 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And this is a good one just to wrap up with. Look there at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And it tells us here, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I want to leave us with that. Never give up, never give up, never, ever, ever give up, but abound in the work of the Lord. And remember that your labor is not in vain. I mean, there's Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says um, to... to uh, oh, no, it slipped my mind. Basically, it said that we're going to reap what we sow. So just keep sowing for in due season. You'll reap if you faint not. And let's wrap up with that. 